There are no words to describe the cruelty and madness of the killer. The girl's body was almost unrecognizable. She lost so much blood that it was almost impossible for the police to perform an autopsy. It was a terrifying night to reiterate. Welcome back to our channel. Today, the case that we want to introduce to you is a very brutal and insane murder of an Uber driver in disguise, Nathaniel David Rowland. He took advantage of the time when young Samantha Josephson was waiting for an Uber after finishing the party with her friends. After brutally attacking Samantha with more than 120 knives all over her body, he left her body at the edge of the forest. As she stepped into the vehicle, unaware of the impending danger that lurked within, Samantha unknowingly embarked on a journey from which she would never return. The streets that once held the promise of a safe passage became the backdrop for a sinister act that would reverberate through the annals of criminal history. The subsequent investigation would test the limits of law enforcement's resolve. Clues were meticulously gathered, surveillance footage scrutinized, and the chilling details of Samantha's final moments painstakingly reconstructed. Every lead, no matter how faint, was seeking with unwavering determination, driven by the sheer goal of justice for a life too soon. Take a deep breath and join us through the door of darkness as we investigate the tragic death of Samantha and the brutal crimes of Nathaniel David Rowland. Let's take a moment to discuss the state of New Jersey, the location at which Samantha's story gets its start. Positioned in the upper northeastern part of the United States, although it is a relatively tiny state, New Jersey is home to over 9 million people, making it the ninth most populous state in the U.S. Because New Jersey's economy is driven mostly by the pharmaceutical, biotechnological, financial, and technological industries, the state is recognized as having the highest density of scientists per square mile. New Jersey's economy is driven by a variety of industries, including those listed above. However, it is also home to a large number of people who favor a simpler way of life, which contributes to the country's status as a major exporter of blueberries, cranberries, spinach, and peaches. And this may be one of the oldest facts that I will ever offer you. But did you know that the shore of New Jersey bordered South Africa 180 million years ago? This is one of the oldest facts that I will ever give you. A small town known as Princeton may be found smack dab in the middle of the state of New Jersey as well as in the middle of the cities of New York and Philadelphia. In 1998, Samantha was welcomed into the world by her parents, Seymour and Marcy, who were both born at this location. Sydney, who was also one of her siblings, was about the same age as she was. The household of four would remain located in the general area, specifically in the bucolic township of Robbinsville. Neither Samantha nor Sydney experienced anything out of the ordinary throughout their formative years. When everything was taken into consideration, they were two joyful sisters who had a wonderful family, and everybody adored the old family. 
images on the right. Samantha enrolled at the University of South Carolina in 2015 with the intention of pursuing a degree in political science. Fast forward several years, and we are now in the year 2015. Samantha had this goal in mind. In addition, while she was there, she developed her own unique personality, had a large number of friends, and fell in love with her lover, Greg. In 2017, the couple first connected at Five Points, a hangout spot frequented by students. She was a member of the Alpha Gamma Delta Society, and while she was attending college, she studied in Barcelona and traveled to other interesting destinations like Madrid and Paris. On at least one occasion, she even met her sister in one of those cities. Samantha was someone who was really easy to get along with. Her friends said that she had the kind of charisma that could brighten up a room, which I realize is a cliché phrase to use, but they said that she did just that. And people's great hopes for themselves were inspired by her contagious charisma. It was her intention to earn her diploma in May of 2019 before enrolling at Drexel University to pursue a degree in international law. But before she transferred to Drexel, she was a senior at USC when the new year began in 2019, so she still had some time left there. She still had a few months left to finish her degree, and she still had a few months left to make new memories with her friends along the way. You need to understand that Samantha and her companions were running out of time. It was the middle of March, and with final examinations less than a month away, everyone was putting in a lot of extra effort to stay ahead of the game. On the other hand, due to the fact that they were all seniors, they were only a few weeks away from graduating and going their separate ways. They wanted to spend as much time as possible with one another while they still had the opportunity to do so. There is no reason to be concerned about the boyfriend at this time. Greg had actually graduated the previous year and was now living in Mount Pleasant, which was around 2 hours and 30 minutes away. Greg and Samantha were quite close to one another despite the distance between them because they both enjoyed participating in sports. The pair was frequently seen showing support for their hometown football team by attending games together. They would also go to the neighborhood of Five Points, which is where they had their initial encounter, to dine and drink there. And despite the fact that they lived only a few minutes apart from one another, they still managed to video chat with one another virtually every day. According to Greg, the two of them participated in virtually every activity together. Even though Greg had moved back to his old house, they continued to have a lot of mutual energy for each other. Even up to this very day, they converse constantly throughout the day and night. Today is March 28, 2019, so mark your calendars and as a result of some unfavorable information that had been received at home. Samantha was in an exceptionally miserable mood. She begged Greg to spend the night with her at the USC and pleaded with him to come back. However, Greg was already committed to other obligations, and despite this, 
they plan to catch up with one another over the next few days. Therefore, he recommended to Samantha that perhaps she needed to go out with friends that night in order to take her mind off of the few things that were bugging her at the time. And Greg was only a few taps away from her at any rate on the phone screen. They were able to stay in touch with one another and text all through the night. They also had an app called Find My Friends put on their phone, which is a program that allows friends to monitor each other's positions for the purposes of safety. Samantha was in agreement. In light of all of this, it is now time for some beverages. Samantha, along with her pals, arrived at the bird dog in the early morning hours of approximately 12.30. The bird dog, which can be found in Five Points, Columbia, was frequently counted among the group's stop choices for late-night destinations. Students at USC expressed a high level of interest in it. Music and inexpensive beverages would merge with the lively conversation that was going on all around. However, while they were there, Samantha's pals observed that she was still not in the happiest of spirits. She would frequently congregate in the four corners of the pub where she would text Greg and the other parents. It appeared as though none of her attempts to divert her attention away from her concerns were having any effect. And at a later point in the evening, she found herself unintentionally isolated from her companions. Samantha, who was by herself and feeling upset, made the decision to call it a night and go home. As a result, shortly after 2 o'clock, she dialed Greg's number to inform him that she was on her way back to the house. It was a couple of kilometers to the northwest on Main Street and using an Uber would ensure that she arrived at her home in complete safety. A surveillance camera captured Samantha talking to Greg at while she was on the phone. Greg was keeping her company virtually as she waited for her driver to come so that she wouldn't get bored while she waited. And just as the clock struck 12 minutes past two, the individual who appeared to be her Uber driver arrived. His black Chevrolet Impala made its way into the parking spot reserved for disabled drivers. Samantha had already jumped into the parking space and opened the right rear passenger door of the automobile before the driver had even had a chance to come to a complete stop with their vehicle. After a few seconds, the door was closed behind her once she had entered the room. A few moments later, the black Chevrolet pulls away and security cameras capture it making a turn onto Harden Street and heading in the direction of the South-South Feast. On the other hand, Greg had the dawning realization that something wasn't quite right with Samantha's voyage almost immediately. Despite the fact that they had just finished talking on the phone, he was now following her whereabouts using the Find My Friends app and at that time he learned that she was heading in the complete opposite direction from where she normally stays. He called her multiple times, but she never picked up the phone. He sent her some texts, but she didn't read them. He tried to reach her by phone. After that, he attempted to send her a Snapchat. These two were never given any consideration at any point. During this time, her location moved further and further away from the apartment she was staying in. 
Samantha's position proceeded to move in a southeasterly direction. After a while, she arrived in the Shandon neighborhood. And once she did that, she arrived in Rosewood. And at 2.40 in the morning, Samantha had been in what was thought to be an Uber taxi for 28 minutes when she suddenly vanished from the map. Greg made an effort to get in touch with Samantha's roommates, but they hadn't heard from her either. Perhaps Samantha was successful in returning home, but only by chance. The back seat of Ubor was where she discovered that she had left her phone. Greg and her friends all went to sleep with the expectation that they would hear from Sam the next morning, keeping this concept in mind. But when morning arrived, Samantha would still maintain that abrupt silence for the rest of the day. At her place of employment, which was called the Liberty Tap Room, she worked the morning shift. And to Greg's surprise, the answer to his question about whether or not she had gotten a morning shift was no when he contacted her to see if she had. At the same instant, significant worries initially began to surface. Greg and a number of Samantha's other close friends were unable to locate her, and she was nowhere to be found. She was late for her shift at work. Even the night before, when she was headed in the opposite direction, she had been followed. There was a significant problem with the way the whole incident was handled. By 2 o'clock, a complaint of missing persons had been made with the local authorities by the group, and in the interim, Greg and some of his pals had begun searching on their own initiative. They called the local hospitals as well as the local jails, but there were no matches identified. After that, the region immediately surrounding Five Points was investigated, but the search turned up no leads either. The bird dog was the next topic of discussion. Because Greg knew people who worked at the pub, he was given permission to go upstairs and watch some of the security footage there. And sure enough, they did end up finding Samantha Josephson out in the open at some point. This footage was brought to the local police department by the search team shortly after 2 o'clock, and the members of the search party provided statements regarding Samantha's disappearance at that time. Nevertheless, immediately following the completion of these speeches, the group was led into a separate room. The, the door was open for Samantha's parents to come in by Greg. Long time, no see, but the expressions on their faces suggested that they were in a pretty gloomy mood. They were completely disturbed, and their hearts were filled with despair. It was already too late to continue looking for Samantha Josephson. She had been found dead mere hours earlier. 65 miles southeast of the location in Columbia, South Carolina, where she had been reported missing. It appeared as though she had been the victim of a terrible assault, as her body was covered in so many puncture wounds that no officer could possibly keep track of them all. All of Samantha's loved ones, including her family and friends, as well as Greg, were inconsolable. And to make matters even worse, Greg had just come to the realization at that precise time that what he had effectively watched the night before was the kidnapping and murder of his own fiancée. A new question surfaced in its aftermath.
And it was this one that asked why Samantha Josephson was taken from us in the first place. This answer to the question of what happened to Samantha Josephson took some time to sink in. Why did Samantha Josephson take her own life? I mean, it looked like someone had killed her. But who in their right mind would act in such a way? Why did they do what they did? Already, there were a few promising leads to follow up on. They were already able to establish her location the night before thanks to Greg and his buddies since they obtained CCTV footage of her slipping into an Uber car. This allowed them to confirm her location. Just after 2 o'clock a.m. And in addition to that, one more of our friends had made a significant finding. After hacking into a laptop and reviewing her emails, it was determined that the Uber ride scheduled for the previous evening had been canceled by the driver. Samantha was never observed entering the correct automobile. It appeared as though Samantha had not been picked up by the driver of the vehicle into which she stepped. She had accidentally walked up to a stranger's automobile, opened the door, and stepped inside without paying attention to her surroundings. These hints provided the police with a solid foundation to work from. They had verifiable film of a location, a time, a suspect, a direction, and, most significantly, a car from the very beginning of their investigation. Even if the driver wasn't strictly to blame for Samantha's passing, they might be able to shed some light on her final movements and help solve the mystery of how she died. But after additional examination of the security tape, the officers discovered that the same vehicle had been loitering at the location for a considerable amount of time. In fact, after locating Samantha all by herself, it performed a U-turn before snatching her up at close range. Things are starting to appear as though they were planned in advance. As a result, all law enforcement officers in the surrounding areas were given the directive to keep an eye out for a black Chevrolet Impala and to conduct a thorough investigation of any driver who was discovered in such a vehicle. And fortunately, they wouldn't have to wait for very long. It was 3.23 in the morning. A canine handler and police officer by the name of Jeffrey Kraft noticed a vehicle that resembled Samantha's as it was traveling in front of him on the 30th of March, just 26 hours after Samantha had been reported missing. Because the site wasn't even a quarter of a mile to the south of the bird dog, the car was of great interest. After following the Chevrolet Impala for a few minutes and finally flashing his lights in an attempt to get its attention, the driver eventually turned into a residential lane and stopped his vehicle there. And what happened next is something that you should just watch. Who's responsible for lighting up the marijuana? Earlier, sir, when I was in my house, I had smoked one of those cigarettes. You're going to have to leave the room now, man. All right. Listen up, dude. Here's the deal. I pulled you over because the description of the suspect's vehicle matched yours. Put your hand where it belongs, in your pocket. What? Are you some kind of lunatic? Get over here. Get over here. Oh, by the way, we set a dog free. <laughs> 
I was only going to stop Steve from talking. Bravo. Mike is rocking some sweet sweatpants right now. Grace's hoodie and doors that were blocked. 500 blocks, Junior, keep going. He is going to be standing to your left. However, this individual did not do a very good job of concealing, as only two minutes later, colleagues reacting to Officer Kraft's notice caught up with the runaway, found him following his capture, and then arrested him. After evading the police, they would find him and discover that his identity was Nathaniel Rowland. Therefore, he had every cause to be concerned about the situation. Nathaniel, who was born in 1995, was 24 years old at the time. He spent his childhood in the neighborhood, namely in the town of New Zion, which is located approximately 65 miles southeast of Columbia. He was a student at East Clarendon School, where he also played basketball, where he graduated in 2012, and where he also attended. His trainer thought he was a wonderful kid from a family that was very active in the community. However, things have not been going so well for him in recent years. Just skimming the surface of the issue. In February of 2018, he was cited for multiple traffic offenses, the majority of which were for failing to wear a seatbelt. And he was also accused of having an open container of alcohol in his possession. On the other hand, Nathaniel was being investigated for a crime that was considerably more severe. On October 19, 2018, he was accused of being one of two men who kidnapped a woman by robbing her car when she was stopped at a red light. They attacked her, made her drive to an ADM against her will, stole all of her money, and then made her drive back to her own house against her will. After which, it is believed that they stole several items, one of which was a PlayStation 4, before escaping just a few hours later. After that, Nathaniel brought some of those items to a pawn shop and sold some of them there. But the investigators were able to trace those stolen items from the woman through the pawn shop to Nathaniel, who had purchased them. He was taken into custody and subsequently charged with obtaining things under false pretenses with a value of $2,000 or less after the incident. However, he was not held accountable for the purported carjacking or the kidnapping of the victim. Unfortunately, further investigations from this point on would create a very clear picture of what happened. Not only was there a significant amount of blood discovered in the trunk, but it was also located all over the passenger seats. They found Samantha's mobile phone in the glove box of the car, which served as the first piece of concrete evidence connecting Nathaniel and Samantha to one another. The blood was a disturbing enough detail on its own, but it was followed by the discovery of the phone. They would also locate germicidal wipes liquid bleach, and window cleaner, all of which indicated that an attempt had been made to clean the vehicle. When the police searched Nathaniel's house, they found more cleaning materials and a knife with two blades. Each of these items had Samantha's blood on them. In addition, the blood was on the cleaning products. 
in addition to being found under Nathaniel's fingernails and on a bandana. Samantha's blood was also detected on a sock. The mountain of evidence simply continued to rise. Nathaniel Rowland was accused of kidnapping, murder, and having a weapon on him while committing a crime. He was also charged with possessing a weapon during the commission of a crime. And on that day, July 20th, 2021, the trial of Nathaniel Rowland got underway. It should come as no surprise that things didn't work out well for him. During the course of the trial, the prosecuting attorneys called a total of 31 witnesses to the stand. These witnesses included the turkey hunter who discovered Samantha's body, Nathaniel's ex-girlfriend, and various state law enforcement division investigators and other specialists. Nathaniel Rowland was seen on surveillance footage prowling the Five Points neighborhood as early as 25 minutes before he picked up Samantha. This footage was played in court. Multiple witnesses reported seeing him wandering the area, and they reported that he even made additional turns around the bird dog as he looked for someone to attack. Nathaniel, whose Impala was just two cars behind Samantha's, saw her attempting to sneak into the back of another vehicle, which she mistook for Huber, when she was by herself and distracted by her phone. He decided to take advantage of the situation. Nathaniel turned on the child locks when Samantha was finally inside the vehicle. This meant that the doors could only be opened from the outside, thereby enclosing Samantha inside the vehicle and preventing her from escaping. It is possible that we will never find out the answer to this question, but even if Samantha had realized that she was being abducted, the moment she shut the door, no one would have been able to hear her cry from the truck. This is a detail that we may never find out. On the opposite side of the glass, there was boisterous music, giggling, and people mingling with one another. Nathaniel's vehicle was seen on surveillance cameras heading farther and farther to the southeast, and throughout this period, Samantha and Nathaniel's phones were simultaneously being pinged by several cell towers. And as all of this was transpiring, her boyfriend Greg was watching her location continue to move in the wrong direction even as it became further and further off course. The area in which the body of the turkey was discovered would be described by the hunters. It is extremely possible that she passed away in the black Chevrolet Impala, which was then used to carry her body to the field where it was discovered. A forensic pathologist by the name of Dior. Thomas would discover both the weapon and the fact that Samantha's body had over 120 wounds identified on it. She was severely injured in the face, the neck, the shoulder, the torso, the back, the lungs, the legs, and the feet. Nathaniel Rowland was observed on the security cameras of two automated teller machines, ADMs, in the Sumter area just hours after Samantha was found dead. He was attempting to withdraw cash using Samantha's debit cards. However, out of all nine attempts, he was not successful and he exited the area with nothing in his possession. Both times, throughout the entirety of the trial, it appeared as though Nathaniel was taking notes at any given moment. 
that he appeared uncomfortable is an accurate reflection of how he should have felt because he did appear to be uncomfortable. Due to the fact that on July 27, 2021, the jury decided that Nathaniel Rowland was responsible for the kidnapping and subsequent murder of Samantha Josephson. The jury reached their decision after deliberating for a little more than an hour to reach their decision. Case number 2019-GS-42450 of the indictment. In the matter of the state of South Carolina v. Nathaniel David Rowland. This is a formal accusation for the crime of murder. This is the jury. I'm the defendant. Jersey decided on 27, 2021. Are you sure, juror number 130? Is this your verdict? Yes. Are you still of the opinion that they are? Yes. Are you sure, juror number 469? Is this your verdict? Yes. Are you still of the opinion that they are? Yes. I'm interested to know, juror number 169, if this was your verdict. Yes. Are you still of the opinion that they are? Yes. I need to check with you, juror number 516. Is this your verdict? Yes. Are you still of the opinion that they are? Yes. During the discussion on number 635, do you agree with these statements? Yes. Are you still bearing the weight of them? Yes. Number 72, do you agree with these findings? Yes. Are you still bearing the weight of them? The worst kind of nightmare that a family may go through is, from what I can only guess, the nightmare of finding out that their child has passed away. And if you characterize that death as an unexpected and unexpectedly violent murder, I am at a loss for words. Devastation doesn't nearly cut it. Samantha Josephson appeared to be a very cheerful and giving lady from all appearances and accounts. She had ambitious goals for the future, including attending Drexel University and beginning a career that would have a great impact on the lives of other people. Her future looked extremely promising. And this potential was cruelly snatched away from Samantha by the hands of a ruthless assailant whose motive appeared to be nothing more than financial gain from her students. The one major error that Samantha made in this situation, and let's be honest, it's something that happens to all of us at some point or another, is that she got into the vehicle of an unknown driver without first checking their identity, and by the widest of all margins. This was the mistake that cost her the most. In a normal situation, this would just result in the driver being astonished and quite annoyed. But in Samantha's particular situation, she tragically lost her life as a result of this. When the fate of their daughter was taken away from them, Samantha's parents were beyond distraught. However, as a result of their suffering, they decided to form the What's My Name Foundation with the goal of educating people all over the world about ride-sharing safety. If you are interested in finding out more about this, I have included a link to additional information below in the description. A few side remarks. 
but I can't even begin to fathom the horror that Greg must have been through during the entire time that Samantha was missing. The Find My Friends app is used by people who are anxious about their personal safety so that they can observe, in real time, the exact occurrences that they fear will take place. That must have been tremendously stressful for you. Gret's heart was broken when he had to say goodbye to the woman he had loved more than everything in the world. So he decided to devote his life to serving justice and become a prosecuting attorney in her memory. He hopes that he can make a difference in the world and bring justice to those who have been wrong. Samantha, who had been mistakenly taken in by a group of criminals was ultimately laid to rest at the Perrineville Jewish Cemetery in the state of New Jersey. Those who were moved by Samantha's tale participate in a five-kilometer run once a year to pay tribute to the young woman whose life was cut short in such a tragic, unexpected, and unjustifiable manner. I am immensely grateful for the time you have dedicated to this case. If you found it intriguing or gained new insights, I kindly ask that you leave a thumbs up as a token of appreciation. Your support means a great deal to me. Additionally, if you haven't already subscribed to the newsletter, I encourage you to do so now. Have you ever found yourself in a situation reminiscent of Samantha's? When faced with precarious circumstances, how can one ensure personal safety and avoid falling victim to harm? I invite you to share your thoughts and experiences in the comments below. While there are numerous aspects of this case that could be further explored, for now, I believe it is appropriate to conclude our discussion. Once again, I extend my heartfelt gratitude for today's engagement, and please rest assured that I will be here for you in the upcoming sessions. In the meantime, let us remain vigilant and look out for one another. Until we meet again, farewell.